You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to HHWJ. We have one of my favorite people in the world, Anthony Toko, here with us today. Hey, Anthony. Hey, how you doing? Thanks for having me. Hey, you're welcome. So Anthony is very, very nervous about so the podcast. Nervous. I don't know what to do with my hands right now. He's like sweating and he's on his, I think, is that your fourth beer or your fifth beer? Uh, fourth. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. He has two PBRs in front of him, so mm. he's excited. No, Double fist then. What's up, Anthony? How you doing, Dave? Welcome to the show, Bob. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having Thank me. Yous Thank yous for having me. Thank yous for having me. And then Tommy's, um, Tommy's driving in, but he's with us. Hey, Tommy. Hey. What's up, buddy? Checking out the market down here in Madison Heights. Ooh, how is it? You know, there's some neighborhoods that are absolutely like just beautiful, well kept, brick, like 1,100 square foot, just gorgeous little homes and neighborhoods in Madison Heights. Yeah, there is. Yeah, there's some. There's some good little pockets at Madison Heights. Uh, speaking of that, uh, Dave and I were talking earlier. What is? Um, What's everyone feel about the market right now? Do we feel like it's slowing down? In regards to what? Listings? Yeah. Depends what market we're in. Depends on what price point. We're listening. I would say right now there's a lot of buyers, of course. Interest rates are still low, of course. Um, I would say a lot of the houses that uh, are at a certain point price point above maybe – 300 plus are sitting a little bit longer than we would like. So is it slowing down? I would say a little bit. Yes. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I don't know. We take, we take listings all the time. Right. And then sometimes they sit in the market. We don't get the activity we want and we scratch our heads, but you know, looking at, looking at just, if you look at the trends, if you look every single year, it's the same exact thing. It slows down right around this time for a little bit and then it picks right back up. So who knows what's coming? Who knows what's going to happen? But right now, yeah, I'd say it's slowed down a little bit. To me, it feels like it anyways. Yeah, I um, I would have to agree. In the last couple of weeks, I've probably had more price reduction conversations than I've had in a year. So everyone loves me right now. Not really. Yeah. Tommy. But you know, what, but you know, what, you know what's crazy is we're going to see we're going to see more of a uh, influx of buyers, though. There's going to be another wave of buyers just because rates have come down so much. That people that couldn't buy can buy, and people that were going to buy at you know a hundred or a hundred and twenty are now going to be able to buy at one fifty, one seventy five, because just because of rates. Like rates are there's a weird thing going on with rates right now. Rates of like people are talking about negative interest rates in the United States. That's never been talked about wow. before. Right. So and from like the mortgage side you know, for you, low- Tommy, people who bought in February, March, April of this year, there we're seeing a a lot of them refi already, right? Well, yeah, refi apps are up huge. Um, I mean, it's, I just refied myself. I went from four, seven, five to 3.625 and took 10 years off my mortgage and my payment went up by 130 bucks. You know? So it's like, just take advantage of the rates, but we're in real estate, right? So refis don't matter, but I just I feel like there's going to be even more buyers on top of this lack of inventory. It's going to get really weird. So inventory's still low. There's an influx of buyers. To me, on top of all of the buyers that've been already, on top of all the buyers that are already there, 
there's talks of recession and this and that and inverted yield curves and blah, blah, blah. To me, that just tells me that we're in for another few years of, of you know, a lot of, you know, a lot of high demand for homes, right? For housing. Am I, am I gauging that right, Tommy? Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, I think what, I think so, but it's crazy, man. Like I, I started writing mortgages in 2006 and rates had that crazy drop in 2008, right? During the crazy financial thing. Mm-hmm. And everybody's always said that people are like, God, are, are they, they got to go up eventually, but no, they just keep going down and it, it's really weird. We shall it's never see. been a better time in history to buy a house or borrow money, actually. Borrowing money is really cheap nowadays. I love yeah. borrowing money. It's my favorite thing to do. Um. All right, moving on. Back to back to you, Toke. Oh. What is... <clears throat> so everyone knows who you are. Um, most people that are listening to us work for Real Team. Okay. And when I say most people, I mean... All of them. 100% of the people listening to us right now okay. work for Real Team. Awesome. So I think for the most part, everyone knows who you are. Mm-hmm. Um, they know that you're... You cry a lot. You're pretty, you cry quite a bit. Sure. Yeah, you're pretty emotional. Passionate. Passionate there is the go. word I'm looking mm-hmm. for. That's the one. Um, And you're just a big old teddy bear. Mm-hmm. But what's your actual role in our company? Well, that's a great question. Uh, my role is to oversee appointments for the company. I help manage um, the inside sales department for Real Team. Um, can we go back, Toko? Can we go to your original, your actual title? My your current title is my current title is I'm the director of listing production. So I am overseeing hmm. live listings for the company. Um, I am overseeing um, store goals for live listings setting goals for live listings every single month, um, trying to find where we're at every single month for live listings to attain our goals every single month to ultimately hit my personal goal of hitting 100 live listings for real, at Real Team. So let's go back to mm. you said you oversee appointments and you oversee listings. Mm. Like what, is that, what does that mean? Because I feel like a lot of people that in our company, they don't, sure. they don't really know like, mm. what that looks like for you. So like, yeah. what do your days look like? Well, I mean, every day I'm in the office by 7.40, 7.45 to get ready for the day at 8 o'clock to be on the phones. Um, and the reason why we're on the phones at 8 o'clock is because we need to set as many listing appointments as possible. Uh, what I mean by setting listing appointments, I mean by having people actually want to sell their house or engaged on having us over to let them know what their house is worth and what they walk away with and ultimately put a game plan in place to find their next house. That's my job. And every ISA's job to do when eight o'clock hits. Um, it ultimately, I ultimately want to focus on having agents set appointments for themselves to not only just appease us for appointments, but for us, for them to set themselves up for future success. Um, because there's a lot of times you see a lot of newer agents looking for the right now stuff and, you know, just being in the database, the way I'm in right now, you're, I'm seeing a lot of people missing opportunities on, on some leads that are some nurtures and follow-ups within six to 12 months out. Um, but mainly when I talk about I oversee appointments and listings, uh, you know, I gauge company appointments. Uh, our goal is 40 appointments every single day. And the reason why it's 40 appointments, because if we hit 40 appointments every single day, it averages up to 100 listings a month. Okay. What do you, what do you do to, to influence those numbers? Well, I have an ISA in every store, Oak Park, Sinclair Shores, uh, not Southfield yet, um, Auburn Hills, 
uh, Shelby, and uh, I said them all already right now. Yeah, you did. So yeah, I said them all. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, we make sure that we influence the buzz in the office. Uh, I want to make sure the age, the ISAs, the inside sales agents are influencing the 8 a.m. to the 9 o'clock buzz in the morning to impact dials because we have a really good appointments uh, or we set a lot of appointments in the morning mm-hmm. at 8 a.m. As much as people don't believe that people like to talk in the morning at 8 a.m., believe it or not, they do. Um, and ultimately, we, our goal is to have agents get in the door from these appointments that our ISAs are setting. Gotcha. So you just used the word buzz a few times. Mm-hmm. And I feel like we all use that word a lot. Mm. Um, but I feel like there's probably a, a good amount of our newer agents that really don't know what that means or what that looks like. So like when you say there needs to be a buzz, mm-hmm. what does that look like? What does that feel like? What What do you mean? It's a great question. Um, what I mean is that everyone is on the same task in the morning. When you have... Everyone on the same task, which is what we do in the morning, is we prospect in the morning. We prospect for listing appointments. We prospect for buyers. We clear out P1s, P2s. If you have everyone in the office doing the same thing, you're going to hear it. You're going to feel that buzz, right? Everyone in the office is working together. It's kind of just like when being on a football team, right? When everyone knows the same play, knows the same routes, knows the same cadence, all that stuff, everyone's gelling together, you're going to be unstoppable. What's your favorite football team? It's a tough question. Answer the question. College Bulldogs. <laughs> Pro. I'm going to say Lions. Me. I know. Lions. I know. But at heart, I'm a Tom Brady yeah. Patriots fan. Hey, speaking Let's go Browns. Baker. Oh, come on, man. Bandwagon fan time. Over there. Hey, speaking of appointments. I mean, hey are, you, hey, are you guys going down to opening day for the Lions? No. Well, Tom's going to opening day oh, for the Browns. Are you really? Yeah. Absolutely. You're going down to Cleveland? Let's go Browns. Go Browns. Why don't you go ahead and move on down there too, Tommy, while you're at it? Don't 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 leave me. (laughs) I'll open a real team office in Cleveland. There you go. That sounds kinda kinda sexy. Real team Cleveland. I think it sounds dusty. Uh, Hold on. Before you move on, I've got a question for you. Okay. So Monday, we said how many appointments, Anthony? Fifty two. Fifty two appointments. Jamie led the charge with ten appointments with for sale by owners. Mm -hmm. I did. That's 10 separate appointments. Uh-huh. Jamie. Yes. That's the first time, I think, in company history where uh, someone set 10 appointments with 10 separate people. So what happened? Like, wh- how, did, how did you do that? Um, I mean, I didn't do anything special. So I mean, I talk to people about it all the time. So I don't do anything crazy. We all know that. Generally, my my ratio from contact to set is is pretty high, um, but I'm ADD, so I get really fucking bored. So generally, I am on the phone for a half hour. I set a couple appointments and I call it quits. Um, and I was <laughs> it, it works. I, it works. I was in the office with um, Danny, and I made him pull out my script and call Fizzbos with me. And so I just didn't want him to fucking send an appointment before I did. So I just kept going. I sat on the dialer for, I don't know, an hour and a half. So I didn't do anything more besides time on task. That was it. Right. So you just ran the script. Yeah. And that's what I tell people all the time. It's not, I just know the script. Mm-hmm. I worked the it's same ignore, script. Pivot. It's ignore, pivot. The, right. the whole script is ignore, pivot. It's just questions. 
You get an objection, you say a response, you ignore, and you go to the next question. Right. And you just see how far you can get. All right. I'm going to throw you an objection, Tommy. I want you to respond. Okay. You're calling Fizbo's, and I'm the Fizbo, and I say, what do you want, Tom? Do you have a buyer? you have a buyer you want to show the house? Absolutely, Dave. I have a, I have a plethora of buyers. Are you looking to sell, obviously? Yeah. Okay. What's, what's your goal? What are you trying to do? Sell the house. Why? Because I want to move on. Where are you going? Cleveland. <laughs> you going to Cleveland? Yeah. Why are you going to Cleveland? Because did you see the new roster on the, uh, the Browns roster? It's, <laughs> it's really good. incredible. Good. Well, let me ask you this, Dave. Do you have to sell or do you just want to sell? Ooh. Uh, Bold. Yeah. Just got to be ballsy, right? Mm. That's what it comes down to. But I think we're missing one thing with Jamie's um, setting 10 appointments. I think it's fantastic that she did it. It's great. 10 different people, right? And I talked about this in St. Clair Shores today. And I saw this yesterday when I was watching the documentary on the Patriots. You know, the off, they talked about confidence comes from what? Confidence comes from where? Repetition. Repetition is close. Knowledge, experience. Preparation, right? Preparation. So yeah. McDaniels, the offensive coordinator for the Patriots, was talking about the Falcons and how they went in the overtime, you know, two years ago. Right. Right. Super Bowl. And he said the same thing that he said about going into overtime with the Rams. He goes, when we were going into overtime, we felt very confident if we got the fall first, we we're gonna score. Right? Mm-hmm. And he said it again in regards to this year, this past year's game against the Rams going into that overtime. If we got the ball first, we were confident that we were going to score first. Give me what the ball. They, what do Give they me do? The ball. Give me the ball. And it's because they've been in that position before and they've been prepared. Right. And the practices and the games, the, prep, the practices leading up to the games has prepped them for that. Right. So the preparation you put into calling those for sale by owners is exceeds the amount of anyone else has put into for sale by owners right now. So your preparation has got that confidence up for you, which has ultimately exceeded you to set 10 physical appointments. So. Well, it's not only that, but she does. She runs that play, the Every exact time. same play. Every time. And it, and it works. It wins. She wins with it mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. Like on a way higher percentage. Here's my question. Why don't other people just do that? They're scared. They're fearful. Confident. I don't know. I, I, I think, think it's leadership. Fun. I don't think we're leading them to do it. Because the play is easy to run, right? That's not a hard play to run. It's ignore pivot. We have the script. It's written out. Why can't we have everybody for two hours run that exact same script? Company-wide leadership. Why don't we issue a FISBO challenge? We haven't done it yet. FISBO challenge one day? Let's do it. Let's just make everybody do that script for two straight hours on the phone. Okay. Can't do anything else We can do it next week, Tuesday. You hear that, that, real teamers? FISBO day coming at ya. Mm -hmm. How many appointments? She set 10 in an hour and a half. Right. If everyone just did what she did. So here's the thing. Jamie, why can't everybody just do what you do? If run, just read that same script because they're scared. It's confidence. Well, they can't. Well, I I think there's a couple things, right? So like, but they can they read the they can read the words and can, just keep doing it, right? They can they can they don't want to, but I think that people because we've had people in our company that have had really good success with Fizzle. Zach Lewis had really good mm-hmm. success. We've had people that do run my script still, mm-hmm. but. Like naturally, we find something that works, and we're like, "Oh, this is really fucking good. I'm seeing success. I'm bored. Let me try something new." Right, right. Like that's the problem. Like people are like, "I'm sick of making people money." I guess I don't people know. haven't ran that script, been successful, and said, "Now I'm bored with it." <sighs> What's why would they stop then? Because it, it happens. It happens no, every I, day. I think they. I, I think they didn't find the success they were looking I, for, so they don't continue it. I think everyone. I mean, I know for several owners are raising their hands saying, "How come you still use it?" 
Because it fucking works and I make a lot of fucking money. So how do you make it work and other people can't make it work then? I think it, I mean, I internalize the script, right? Like, I I don't really, I don't know another answer. Anthony, what's the difference between her? You you hear that script all the time. You Mm -hmm. teach that script, right? Mm -hmm. What's the difference when she says it versus somebody else saying it? She doesn't let the objections get to her. Everyone else lets the objections get to her. But it's just an ignore pivot. But they they choose to accept the objection. Like they they try to counter it. They They give a shit what the words mean. If it's not a lay down, there's no point. They're, they don't want to ob- overcome that objection. But it's not like this whole script is not about overcoming an objection. I it's just about that. pivoting from that saying, oh, I get your objection. I don't care. And right. so what do you ask another question? Right. right. That's all she does. They're, they're folding too early. They just don't keep going. They're, they're uncomfortable to keep going with the phone call and the script. So they stop the script. I agree. Is that is that what happens? They don't get through a certain like... Because you're like, oh. you know, they don't, they, well, don't get, they don't get the answer they're looking for. So they're like, but, oh. but if you're just reading the script, I get just it. Go to the next one. I understand that. I mean, let's be clear. So for <laughs> sale by owners, they're typically more abrasive than any uh, anyone else that we call, right? Because they th- already think that they know what they're doing. They think they can sell their house on their own. So our, Anthony's exactly right. So like, they get an objection, they overcome mm-hmm. it, or they pivot, they get one, and then they get their third or fourth objection. And they're like. Fuck, this is pointless. Okay, have a great day. Good luck. Like, right. they just get fucking scared. Like, and I tell people all the time, I'm like, dude, there's two options when you're calling for a sale by owners. They're going to hang up on you or you're going to set the appointment. Right. I don't stop talking until they hang up on me. I'll just keep asking them questions and ignoring their objections. They're either going to hang up on me or they're going to let me come over. Mm. Repetition builds speed, right? I think part of the problem that, that we're facing with FISBOs or, or anything for that matter is, the speed in which we ask the questions or the speed in which we can think of the next question to ask. If if we get stuck, we don't ask a question. We're like, okay, have a great day. Bye. There's, there's, a, there's literally a script in front of you. All you have to do is read it. I understand. I think that's the problem, though. Got think, it. That we don't have – that they don't have the script no, in front There's of not them? a commitment to the script. There's a lack of commitment to the script. Right. So right. we've identified this. Right. It's a lack of commitment to the script. Right. And that's a lead, – like, I'm sorry. That's a leadership thing. Like – you know what I mean? Like it's such an easy play to run. It's our fault as leaders to not just stand over somebody's shoulder and go, "Oh no, you you didn't you didn't finish the script." So on this next answer, go through the script. Right. right? Like we don't we don't do that. We don't stand behind them and make that happen. Right. You, you hear that, real teamers? We're, we're standing over your shoulders. We're coming for you, buddy. Yoo-hoo. Um. But imagine that two hour day. If it was like that, a we're commitment gonna try to it, the stri- we're script. We're going to try it on Tuesday. I can guarantee you that if every be single- annoying to the public. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But if every single person in our world did that just for two hours and one day, we could set 100 listing appointments by noon. <clears throat> and we'd probably have two or three agents set the same appointments. And that's oh, for okay. Sure. And that's okay. For sure. But I bet you we could set 100 appointments. We've done it before. 100? We have, 50 done it before. we have 50 agents dialing. They can't set two appointments calling for sale by owners in two hours. We set 100 appointments in a day before. We could do it. Before noon. Yeah, and you never had the party. Yeah, That's a different story. You didn't oh. have the party. <laughs> I mean, you didn't have the party. That's a different story. <laughs> Tell us about that. <laughs> Tell with claimed he was going to have a rager at his house. I was going to have a freaking rager right? at my house, and my wife just fucking like, squashed oh, it. Well, uh, guys, I don't I'm think swearing. I could do it anymore. Yeah, you're allowed to swear. Um, it doesn't help. Oh, I didn't. <laughs> so, so Toko, um, a couple weeks ago, you put on a listing workshop. Yes. What made you want to do that? 
It's a great question. Um, Jamie and I usually uh, talk about my morning phone call with the leadership um, Monday night before I had my call. Um, and I don't know what really brought it up. Just kind of like we were brainstorming ideas and I said, well, you should do a listening workshop. And then Jamie's like, that sounds like a good idea. And then we kind of brainstormed some ideas of what would be valuable to our agents, such as, you know, seeing the leaders of our company who set the most listings or get the most listings signed, you know, do their listing presentation. Jamie talk about objections and overcoming objections. And, and I'm talking about power phrases and what words to say to swap out of, you know, your conversations when talking to sellers to make it more meaningful or your potential client. Mm -hmm. And the reason why we did it was to make everyone else better. You know, like we continuous improvement is, is huge. How do you think forward. it went? I think it went really well. I'll, I'll give it a, I'll give it a B plus. A B plus. Mm -hmm. What do you think? How do you think it went, Dave? Um, I mean, I thought it was good. I, 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 what I like the most is that they got to see three different perspectives mm -hmm. and how a listing presentation is run. And the way I learned was plucking from, Tom's listing presentation or Danny's listing presentation mm -hmm. or whoever's listing presentation and taking little bits and pieces from everybody and then making my own. So mm -hmm. I thought it was good. We got a lot of good positive feedback from it, from the emails that we've gotten. Right. So it was definitely a lot better response than I thought we were to get. Right. To be honest with you. I'm excited to, I'm excited to do the next one. Me too. Right. Let me ask got a, some ideas. <clears throat> let me ask a quick question mm -hmm. since I have Anthony and Jamie here with me. We had a vote on who had the best listing presentation, and Ooh. Devo won, right? D Devo won. Devo won. It was seven four. I heard one. there was controversy. There though. was. What was the controversy? There was controversy. Chandler so, like didn't announce it until the day after because of something. Chandler's bitter. Oh, he was just messing around. Huh. It was seven. So he had Devo had seven votes. Chani had five. I had four. Correct. Mm -hmm. But you want to know what? No, I don't want to know what. I want to know <laughs> what I want to know. What I want to know is Mister and Mrs. Seller. Ooh. What you guys thought, because we never got your opinions. Mm. It was all a blur. Um, I the I don't know that. Are you asking who I'd pick? Yeah, who who which late which agent uh, were you? He, want, he wants another answer. He wants another answer other than the well, real answer. Uh, fishing for an <laughs> answer. Well, I mean, if you want an answer, you're not going to like it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me I dropped 10 the, votes in the bucket. Well, the reason why I'm picking my my approach is because – or the agent is uh, – fit my personality a lot a lot better. Um, Devo? Mm -mm. Channy? Mm. Okay. Which Chan is what? Chandler is very direct. He tells you what you – like he's very straight to the point. His, on, his eye contact is like he's seeing through you. You know what I mean? And like that kind of like no – like it kind of gets me like – I know this guy's freaking serious. You know what I mean? He knows what he's talking Chandler's about. Chandler's very intense. If you yes. have a conversation with yes. him, it so doesn't I, matter if you're talking about a McFlurry. I, right, right. So <laughs> Very intense. Yeah, he's very intense. So I feed off that stuff. Mm -hmm. I feed off that intensity. I'm like, this guy's going to get the fucking job done, right? So and that's what I kind of like would have – I would have – as much as it hurts to say not to Dave or Devo, I would have thrown my cap towards Chandler. So because, because of, of the it. body language. Body language, okay. intensity. Because he mirrors you best. He mirrors me best. You see most of yourself in him, which is why you like his the most. It's good. I, I wouldn't go. I mean, sure. Sure. Yeah. Chandler's very passionate, intense dude. Yep. Yes. Very Jamie. freaking smart. Um, 
I don't know how I would. I probably, I don't know. I don't have a feeling either way because I know you that. You have to pick. Can I finish talking, Toko? <laughs> I know that I'd be running the listing for all three of them, so I would have got the job done, so it wouldn't have really mattered. Uh, political but, all, but like, true. what I wanted to say before you cut me off is just like, everyone's. <laughs> I put my hand in your face. Everyone's, like everyone's <laughs> listing presentation is very, very similar, right? Very similar. Like, you know these dudes have hung out, studied their listening pres- presentation together. They all gave us the same example, right? When they were talking the cars, the cars. everyone talked about oh, what would you do if you had a car that was worth forty five thousand? The other one was listed at forty thousand, but the one they both had the same features. Which one did you go for? Well, obviously the one for forty thousand. Well, it's that's what, analogies. That's what determines the the value of your home or the price of your house when a buyer walks through your house, right? For sure, they're all very similar. So that's what it comes down to. Then, then, so very similar versus then you go towards personalities. I had to go off of what I felt more. I, I go off of feelings, right? And Channy just hit, hit a chord with me, you know? Just goes to show you, you, you know, mirror matching is very, very important, right? If I would have done, you know, or did Kevin would have maintained eye contact with you more mm-hmm. or done something more along those lines, then it would have made a much tougher decision for you, right? Oh, 100%. 100%. Chandler was the clear winner for you in your eyes because he maintained that eye contact with you. Eye contact Intensity. is very important to me when I'm handling business, yes. For sure. Anthony, what did you do What did you do before you came to Real Team? Uh, I worked at United Wholesale Mortgage for a year, year and a half. Okay, what did you do there? I was an AE there, account executive. And what did you do? Uh, I had brokerages, uh, mortgage brokerages all over the country. And uh, my job was to sell them on using my services, such as my programs, my rates, my database, and get them to see the value and using, you know, getting their deal to the closing table as fast as possible. What did you do way before you were in a professional setting? I played college football. Oh, hello. We have a phone call. Hello. Hello. Is somebody joining us right now? Hello. Oh, hello. Is this Danny? This is Danny. Oh, hi. Hi, Danny. How are you doing? How's Traverse City? It's it's treating us well. Yeah? Where where are you at right now? Can you describe your surroundings? Hi, Rachel. Hey, Rachel. Hey, Rach. Hi, Rach. Hi, guys. Rachel made the podcast. What are you guys? What are you guys doing in Traverse City? Well, can you hear Rachel? No. No. Now you can't hear Rachel she's just, because she's know, not she's talking. Like holding, she's just laughing. She's holding her ear pod in her left in her left ear, like talking into it like it's a microphone. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't work when you take it out of the ear. Disregard her. <laughs> oh man. Uh, we're sitting here at a bar. Uh, the Franklin and uh, drinking drinking a brewski to be honest with you. Ooh. She has a chocolate martini, I think it is. Mm. A martini. Sounds sounds amazing. Sounds fancy. James Bondish. <laughs> <laughs> so Danny. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Hi Tom. Oh hey. So um we got Toko on the show here and I know you're passionate about the passionate Mr. Toko. 
So we were just hoping that maybe you could uh, do some goal setting with him live right here on on the podcast. I knew I got a pen and paper for. He's got a pen and paper in his hand right now. And we're just, you know, imagine we're in greatness coaching right now, and you've got to give him his his top three. And I'm talking, here's the thing, Danny. you got to give him his top three for the next five years out. I'm gonna, i got to walk now. i got to get up. i got to get yeah. okay. here. I know. I know. Uh, you weren't ready on, for this. Hold on. That's a great question. We're going to lose Rachel. She's going to be talking into that thing. It's not going to work. <laughs> but it's going to be okay. All right, so... Say that one more time. So, so imagine we're, you're in greatness coaching and you've got to assign the three action items. But these action mm-hmm. items for Anthony, they have to span over the next five years. So it's a, a very long-term action items, three action items over the long-term five-year horizon. Wow. Hi, Anthony. Hi, Danny. Man, you have a nice radio voice. <clears throat> I hear that a lot. No, I don't. I didn't know you did this often. <laughs> no, it's the first time, man. How many times have you done the laugh? I can't count. A minimum of 15. I don't count my laughs. Nice. <laughs> nice. So, oh, Anthony, where do you want to start? Uh, you tell me, man. It's your qu- your question, not mine. <laughs> uh, no, 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 no. Come on, you're paying for the coaching, right? Uh, so, I didn't know there was a fee. <laughs> <laughs> There's a fee, man. There's a fee. All right. All right. So where do you want to start? Ask Tom. He's the one who asked you the question. I don't know where to start. Dear Lord. I have a question for you, Anthony. Mm-hmm. Where do you see yourself with Real Team in five years? Well, I'd hope I would work my way up to into a higher leadership role with the company. Um, I see myself going on more listing appointments myself individually. That means you'd be an agent. That would mean I would be helping other agents get listing appointments. Yep. Mm. I'll be doing early getting listings. Yes. That's what that would mean. You want to do that? Do I want to help agents get listings? Do you want to walk into people's houses and sit down and do listing presentations? To get me to the next level, I have to do that. Oh, okay, Danny. Good job on number one. How many times? So number one is list how many listings in a single month anthony over the, in a, so within five years we'll list a minimum of x listings in a single month five five is what the number five is the number no no so like as a company is kind of where i'm going because he's he's in a leadership he's more in a global focused role that i see his individual attention and growth and listings will help but, you know, right now we've always had that 100 number. Correct. We will smash that within five years, obviously. Right, Anthony? Yes. So what's the number? Is it 200? Is it 300? I would say 200. Okay. How many? 200. There you go. There's one. So number two, Anthony. What area of life are we looking at? Fathership. Fatherhood. Fathership. Fatherness. <laughs> My favorite. And, yeah, so this is all you. You tell us what that action item is. I don't know what that action item Bruno, <clears throat> looks Bruno like. will be what? Seven? It'll be seven. Me. Wow. Seven. 
He's going to be a bowling ball just running kids what, over. Is that, second, is that second grade? First grade? It's second grade. Second grade? Yeah. First, second. Yeah. Um. Yeah, second grade. In five years. What do you want to mold this young man into? I want to mold my son into a reasonable. But ultimately, just want to be able to be a good role model for my son and show him the path to success or to show him the path of living a good life and being fulfilled. And how are you going to do that? Pretty good. Uh, I'm working on it every day. Um, I work on that every single day. Um, I'm going to do that by... By doing the things I do, the things I say I'm going to do. Um, by also, uh, I, I don't know how serious I should be because you guys are laughing. I don't know what's going on. I'm laughing because Tom just smoked his whatever that fuck that was while we're sitting in this oh, room. It's a cigarette. Sorry, but uh, I don't know. No, I mean, like, how am I get my son to do those things? I just I look at it as like how many. How many people, how many parents want their kid to be like themselves, right? And I can probably guarantee that a lot of them wouldn't raise their hand, right? We want them to be better than us. Correct. You want them better than yourself. So I want my son to be better than me, of course. So um, whatever is better than me, I'm willing to do whatever it takes for my son to be in that position. Fair enough. Let's talk about... uh... Anthony's physique over the last Man. Oh. Oh. God, the guy looks great. Yeah. He's, got a, he's got a washboard right now. He no, really does. Those no, V's? Oh. Dude, you're going to be wearing spandex in the gym and <laughs> I just feel it. I'll never wear spandex in the gym, dude. The leotard? Sweatpants, sweatshirt, long sleeve. That's all I need. Are you wearing a medium right now? I can just... It's large. He's in a medium for Thank sure. Thank God it's a large. <laughs> Thank God it's a large. It drives me so nuts So over the next medium. five years, What's your goal there? Because you've made massive gains here in the short term. I want to maintain where I'm at um, weight-wise and maybe just a little more uh, cut and tone and I don't know. What are you doing for cardio now? I know you were running for a while. What are you doing for cardio now? Zero. Really? He just eats clean. He's like a bird. Wow. No cardio right now. So you, you didn't get addicted to the cardio? I was for a minute because you were loving it. Yeah. I, like you were running, I, I was you were all about out really fast miles. All you? about it. I can still run under two miles under sixteen, no doubt. That's that's fast. I can do that, <laughs> no doubt. Hey so. man, are you gonna sign up for this tough mutter or what? I was just talking to Jamie about it, and uh, I told him I was like, "Listen, we have six months to train. We can do it. We should get the whole company to do it." Or as I'm many just, as we yeah. I don't know why I'm we're nervous of up here. injuring myself. Man, sounds like a lim- it sounds like a limiting. Are you belief. serious? It's you kind, kind of like, just leaked out of like you. Someone like, just asked me the other day, "Hey man, you want to go play basketball?" I'm like, "No, nah, I don't want to get hurt, dude." <laughs> it's because of the tail. Hey, do we it? have Dave Z on the show or it's not? Almost two years. We, we do. He's just sitting back. Two years next so, week. Danny? What is he doing right now? He looks like a professor. <laughs> is he's he ripping a, a dart or what? He's I haven't in, heard a, him. in a plaid shirt. He's a uh, just. He looks really professional. Does he have that smile on his face yes, right now? Yes, sure does. One hundred percent. You love that smile, huh, Danny? I love it. Huh? Huh? Yeah, there he is. How you doing, David? I'm good. How are you, man? Think about Anthony over the last four years or so. Where have you seen the most growth out of him? 
Um, the most growth out of Anthony. You can be brutally honest. More honest, the better. I mean, the guy. The guy's passionate about whatever he goes after, right? So, like, if there's if it's not growth, it's consistency. Like, I would say that Anthony is very consistent in his actions every single day and just never, ever, ever stops. So, I would say his consistency is is his number one attribute. Thank you, dude. That motherfucker is literally at the gym every single morning by like four fifty six. And it's not most of the time. It's every single day. It's hard to do. I can't do it. I'm 504, 507. Dude, it's 457 every day. Like clockwork. Machine. Can I answer that same question? Hell yeah. I've known, So I met Anthony. How old were you, Anthony, when we met? 23. You're 23. <clears throat> This guy was a terrible salesperson. <laughs> he was so bad. He was like, he thought that sales, and, and a lot of our new people get like get this way, but he thought that sales was like being really, really, really nice to people and getting them to like you. And yeah, that's part of sales. But like when you like hang your hat on that, like that's what Anthony did. He was the nicest guy and he was a super hard worker. He worked his ass off for every deal he ever got. And he just like, Worked worked people into liking him, but I think the biggest like growth I've seen in Anthony is I I put him in the category of a fucking stone cold salesman. No, like he's his sales skill has developed a hundred percent since you were twenty three years old. Thanks, Tom. Like ten years later. Well, yeah, but but now like you have the ability yes to get on the phone with somebody, mm-hmm. understand their exact environment they're in mirror match them, and then make them take action. Mm-hmm. You do that now. Without even thinking. Right. And it's like, that's, a, that's what I've seen develop the most out of that guy is his sales ability is through the roof. Thanks, Tom. For sure. For sure. All right, Danny, we'll let well, you guys, go drink, drink podcast, away. Yeah, yeah. that time. All right, well, have All fun. Right. Have, hey, have, a, right. have like 10 for me, will you? You got it. Bye, have Danny. Fun, guys. Bye. Thank you. See you, man. All right, moving on. Dave's got a few questions for Toko. Oh. So, uh, Anthony, what is the most challenging part of your job? Getting everyone to buy in. What do you mean? Like to the big picture. Which is? Whatever their big picture may be. Theirs, like as in what the one they own. Mm-hmm. Why do you think that they're not buying into it? They're afraid of failure. Are oh. you? Yeah. So how do you get past that? If the feel of failure motivates me because yeah, you know, I've been in situations before where like I've been the underdog. You know what I mean? Like I've, I felt like I've always been the underdog. You know, like and the underdog is supposed to fucking lose. Right? Underdog is supposed to fucking lose. So I know in the position that I've been in, being the underdog, majority my my life, I'd feel like, um, I always have something to prove. So if I know if I have something to prove every single day, which is to not be the underdog or to be the beat the other team or the other guy across from me or which is the, if, the, if the other guy is me that I'm facing in the mirror, I got to beat that guy. 
because that other guy is telling me that I can't do something or you're not good enough. So the feel of failure motivates me to, to, to not listen to the other voices in my head or the other experiences I've had in the past. Like I got, I got a lot to prove. Toko versus the world. Me against the world. Why do you feel like you've been the underdog? Why? Yeah, like because it's true. It's true. Someone's always coming for my starting job, whether it was football, whether it was basketball, whether it was wrestling. Someone's always coming after your weight class. Someone's always coming after starting job. When I went to when I played high school and I went to college, like there's two or three running backs who are just as good, if not better. Right? So the guy that prepares the most and has confidence in the in the plays is gonna play. Right? So when I was a senior in high school, I had a guy who played football for the Navy and a guy who was 6'2", who ran a 4'4", Who played the most? You. Me. But, so, but you weren't the underdog. You were the starter. No, I, not at first. I had to work my way up. I had, I had a junior in front of me, too. I had an all-state junior in front of me. And then when I came to my senior year, I was like, you got Jeff DeLiz and you got Jamaris Miles in front of you. Okay. I could have went to another high school where I was supposed to go to have it all handed to me. But I went to a different school where I knew I would be working my ass off to get a state championship, which is what I wanted. I wanted a state championship more than anything. And I just putting in the work and having passion for the sport or just having passion for what I want in life is taking me to where I'm at right now. And I'm not done. How much do you miss football? Uh, I miss it a lot. I mean, like... I never used to miss it as much as I have been lately for some reason. I don't know if it's because Travis is in the office. He's coaching Eisenhower football and he's talking about plays and stuff. And it kind of gets me going because like, I don't like to look back at my football career that much, but um, I love football and I'm glad it's back. <laughs> Game on tonight, right? That's right, baby. Chicago, Green Bay. Let's go. All right. Why did you pick real team? And why do you and and then as a follow up, why do you stay with Real Team? Well, I. It's a great question. Why Real Team? Um, I initially, I mean, I don't need to go through my whole story, do I? No. No. You know, so I mean, it's the big picture with Real Team. I know when I initially sat down to interview with Tom and Danny, you know, like. I told them yes. Then we're going to work at Real Team, and then I remember that I got offered a job. I remember within that real, within my my current job at United to I remember get that. a, a forty five thousand dollars salary. I'm like, oh man, what I could do with just forty five thousand dollars, man? It's gonna, I could maybe, you know, be a little more comfortable than I was. And then after telling Tom and Danny that, and then it not sitting well with me, I called Tom. I'm, I'm in the parking lot in my condo. And Tom just told me, he's just like, yeah, I was just talking to Danny. He just said, you just weren't seeing the big picture. And I was just like, well, that doesn't, that doesn't sit well with me at all. Yeah, <laughs> what a sucker you are, man. He I'm, sold you, man. I'm like, salesman Tom. sold your ass. I'm like, dude, I'm like, that is, I got to talk to Emily. Nice job, Tom. I go, I got to talk to Emily, Tom. I go, let me call you back. <laughs> and I, I, after I heard that big picture, um, I knew I was going to be missing out on something if I didn't take this opportunity. And, you know, Tom and I have been in contact for how long throughout the years of Quicken Loans, you know, and, you know, Tom saw me, you know, heard my struggles, you know, 
the times he was telling me about the ISA position and I'm at Myers in the middle of the freaking aisle grocery shopping, bawling my eyes out because I'm not making any fucking money. And Tom's telling me to, Tom's telling me to, you know, you got to come be an ISA, man. You'll be really good at it. And I'm like, well, there's not too many people that have done this role before. He's like, no, but you'd be really good at it. I'm like, all right. I trust Tom. Trust Tom with my life. You know what I mean? So after uh, I wasn't selling you, by the no, way. No, you weren't I selling me. Yeah, it. I know you did. You were. I, yeah, I didn't I think you were selling. I, I didn't know you were selling me on anything. So you're, like you were selling him a little bit. No, no, I knew <laughs> he'd be good at it. No, I knew they weren't selling me. Because, we worked together a long yeah, time. Yeah, we were for time for yeah. me to say that. Like I knew he was leaving like a nine to five W two job with insurance and all that mm-hmm. to like go take a chance on himself with mm-hmm. us. I was like, I knew, I knew he'd be good at it. Mm-hmm. And um, that minute I hung up the phone with Tom, I talked with Emily, like, hey, Emily, I, I think I'm making a mistake. And then, as you know, my, my wife supports me 100%. And any decision that I make with regards to career or finances and whatnot, you know, she's got my back. So, and then ever since then, it's been, you know, right. No, no, no. She came in. She came in the interview after she, that. Like, though. we're trying to hire a Before she, that. He was like, well, yeah, I kind of want to work there, but. You got to interview my wife first. Yeah, you got to come. And I'm like, you got to talk to Emily. What? Yeah. So Emily I came didn't know in. About that. And, you didn't know about that? Oh man. She oh, came yeah. in and interviewed me and Danny. She's like, wow. Yeah. So what's what? this all about? She's like, what? <laughs> she said, what's your conversion? And you're like, Tom and Danny, like, that's a good question. We started. I got their calendar or their calculator. And I'm like, no wonder what? conversion's such a big thing. I go, though. that's why I brought her to this interview. But I like, Tom was invited to my wedding. You know what I mean? Like I was making a decision. Like I need to make a decision for my wife because before real team, I was making $18,000 a year, which wasn't much. So I need to do something for my family, my job. I need to make sure I'm doing the right thing for my future. And, uh, this is it. And, uh, you asked, you know, why I'm not going to leave real team. Well, I mean, it's not too many places where you can work with people that you consider family. You know what I mean? Like when I work with Tom, Danny, Jamie, Dave, Chandler, you know, Michael, my own brother, Michael, Raka, Steve. I mean, you guys are all my family to me, man. Like, you guys asked me to do something and ask me how high you want me to jump. You know what I mean? Like, when you're working together with family and you're working together for a bigger picture for everyone else's big picture, like, everyone wants the best for each other in our company. And I truly believe that. I truly, truly believe that. Everyone yeah, in our company wants on, the we're best. We're all on for the everyone. same boat. We're all in the same boat. And we boat. burnt the ships. We burned them. We're all in the same boat. We're just out at sea. We burned them. And and another thing, I've been with the company for a little over four and a half years, and I, I used to hate people saying, oh, I, I, I never feel like I, I go to work. I love work. <laughs> right? <laughs> I, I, don't feel like, I don't feel like I go to work every day. I love it. Well, like, that's how I feel about real team, dude. Like, I've never felt like I've had to go to work. You know, I, I, I come here and I do what I need to do with the people I enjoy to do it with the most. And it makes it so much easier. A hundred percent. And the support that we have and the growth that we're having. And then like everyone being on the same page to accomplish the things that I want to accomplish. Dave wants to accomplish. Jamie wants to accomplish. Tom. Like you're not going to find that anywhere else. You're not. And if you think you are, you'll find out the hard way. Like I did. That's a great answer. I know. That was thanks, a great thanks answer. Thanks for sharing, man. All right. So fire round. So we're going to ask you a really, really rapid fire questions. You have to answer them instantly. You have to answer within five seconds. No thinking about it. <sighs> okay. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. 
Barry Sanders, Walter Payton. Walter. Why? Sweetness. Come on. Never die easy. Go for it. Stir fry versus chewing steel. Chew steel. Why? I love it. You'd rather eat than, or you'd rather chew steel than eat? Over stir fry? Yeah. <laughs> Where'd you come up with stir fry? I don't know. You love stir fry. It's a decent meal, but it's, it's a healthy choice. <laughs> hardest, th- hardest thing you've had to do in the last 24 hours? Argue with my wife. Did you win? Pending. <laughs> <laughs> Hop slam versus golf. Golf. <laughs> Last but not least, and listen to the whole question. Home Alone versus Forrest Gump, a.k.a. Snakes versus Bubba. <laughs> Forrest Gump's my number one movie of all time. It's For number sure. one. Over Home Alone. Over Home oh, It's number one on my, my books, on my movies, number one. Are you reading any books right now, by the way? I am reading that investment book by Brandon Turner. I'm almost okay. done. And I'm rental downloading, uh, yeah, rental properties. Yep. That's one of your goals, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. How's that coming along? The book or actually buying them? The book. The book's going good. I got to read it again for sure because I got to take some notes. There's a lot of, there's a lot, a lot of yeah, stuff I need to take some notes on. That's a good book for anybody mm-hmm. who wants to work with investors or, um, wants to be an investor themselves. You'll learn a lot from it. And once you can speak the language of investing, you'll start attracting more investors your way. Jamie? Anything else for for Mr. Toko here? I think that's all I got. Thanks for coming, Toko. Was it um, as bad as you thought? No, I am uh, excited. I want to come to all of them now. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think he we we could take him on as like a uh, you know like the rotating one of the rotating like co-host co-host. Yeah. I love it. I, I like that idea. All yeah. right. Well, we love you, cool. buddy. Thank Thanks you. I coming. appreciate you guys. Thanks, Thanks for man. having me. Next um, next podcast is a surprise for all of the listeners out there. Ooh, a surprise. A surprise. Ooh. So it's a surprise to Dave and Tom, I guess, too. So. Yeah, I have no idea who it is. No clue. All right. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Um, we will see you in two weeks. Thanks, guys. Right. Thanks, guys.